Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everyone. This is Lachlan Monroe from Riverdale, and you're listening to Geek Town Radio. Hello and welcome to this week's Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with Bex. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good, thanks, Anne. <laughs> good, good, good. That little drop that we had at the start was, uh, of course, Lachlan Moreau, who plays Betty's dad in uh, Riverdale, who I met over the weekend. And uh, he offered to do a little drop for the opening of the podcast, which I thought was lovely. So uh, there you go. So um, I don't usually ask you what you've been up to, but I kind of know quite a lot of what you've been up to because we were down at Comic-Con last weekend. We, we were. Comic-Con is is all kinds of amazing, epic. Um, I really, really enjoyed this one. The sunshine was yeah. phenomenal. I ended up like just... It was the mix of stuff this time because I had more time to actually enjoy myself because um, my lovely cameraman worked with me all day Friday but then got offered a very lucrative job with Capcom to go to France <laughs> instead so I do not begrudge him remotely um, to go off and do some awesome computer game con- filming I think it was an esports contest or something I don't know but so awesome. that made me enforced enjoyment I was like well what am I supposed to do then so I did some Instagram live streaming I ended up in a mosh pit at three o'clock in the afternoon and on the Saturday in the sunshine dancing that, to heavy yeah. metal with cosplayers um yeah. that was that was good fun um mixed in with all the normal stuff um the, the panels were were amazing the fact I got to go and like, I, I didn't even know that the, um uh John DiMaggio was going to be doing one yeah and then you said it and I was like well I'm staying for that because yeah. he's so funny. Oh, he was uh, hilarious. For those that don't know, he's the voice of Bender in Futurama. He's also Jake from Adventure Time. And, and he told us a little bit about uh, Matt Groening's upcoming one as well, uh, Disenchanted, a sort of sword and sorcery one. And, um, yes. It's described it so as future, Futurama meets Games of Thrones, is what it is. Yeah, which, <laughs> is, like, which is a good description. I'm yeah. sold. Yeah, that was absolutely. before I even Googled it and had to look at some of the, the artwork that they've put up. Um, yes. That looks good. So, so many awesome things, and meeting um, Kevin Conroy as well as one yeah. of my, one of my, one of my absolute heroes, uh, the voice of Batman for twenty odd years. Yes, twenty seven years. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I've just been editing the because um, I filmed more more than one of his panels. So I've just been trying to put together an edit of that, but it's all so good. It's hard to find things to cut out, um, <laughs> and I love how evil his laugh is <laughs> yeah. as well. He has a brilliant, sinister laugh. Yes, yeah. I I, I enjoyed that. Um, if if that's you know, if Batman turned evil, that is the laugh. Yes, definitely. 
you'd have no. to give him alternate world storylines. <laughs> that was that was brilliant. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about more about Comic-Con as as this episode goes on. But it was lovely to see people. I put a thing out on my on my YouTube and my Instagram saying to come and say hello to me. And quite a few people did. Aww. I was quite amazed. Yes. I thought I was just shouting into the void. But people actually came up and took some selfies with me and stuff. And I was like, oh, thank you. Um, which was really, really sweet. And that was that was good fun. Uh, what else did I do? I bought a couple of new indie comics. The, oh, yeah. sec- the second um, volume of Nyx, the one about an evil, magical being that gets turned into a cute purple cat and is <laughs> trying to get rid of his owner and turn to get to turn back into a bad fairy. Um, obviously, <laughs> you know, quite tongue in cheek that one. Yeah. Um, picked up that. Loads of things. There was there was just such a lovely crowds there this time and yeah. I think the weather was helping with that as well but it felt really friendly I saw some incredible cosplays um there was a um I don't know who it was but somebody in a in a wheelchair had turned their wheelchair into the house from the Wizard of Oz and then their legs <laughs> were outstretched as I think the, I saw that one yeah the, the witch's Hilarious. legs um because they had the type of wheelchair where your legs are out straight in front yeah um, so they were the witch's legs uh, there was another lady who I know from Instagram who I didn't get a selfie with I'm gutted and she even messaged me after and apologized that i hadn't found her for a selfie in a queues of like you know 140,000 people yeah. um, but she dressed as tank girl and she turned her wheelchair into a tank <laughs> and i awesome. missed her um but i do i love it so much there's mm. there's just so many amazing people and amazing things um and it's just three days of multicolored joy um, yeah. And uh, yeah, def- definitely cannot wait for the next one already. I wish they were longer, but I don't know if I'd survive if they were. Yes, that is true. <laughs> it was great fun. Uh, I mean, I usually I go and have a wander around the Indie Comic Village when I'm there, but I just didn't have the time this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I did th- eight or nine interviews, so you can... Yeah, yes, those when they go up. <laughs> well, we'll we'll put those up on the site. We yeah, we'll do a separate post for those because I haven't done the roundup yet because I took so many cosplay photos. Usually, I will put a roundup sort of pretty straight after the you know the show, and I just haven't had time because there've been so many cosplay photos and so many videos. Because we did, I I don't know about fifteen interviews when we were there with because the interviews were just relentless. <laughs> This time around, uh, some great people, lots and lots, as you say, the voiceover people. They uh, There was the lady from April, the lady from South Park as well, who does a lot of the female South Park voices, who was lovely. Oh, really? I yeah. missed her. <laughs> she was great. Uh, yeah, Kevin was there. Um, David Hayter, who's the voice of Solid Snake, and weirdly the screenwriter for the X-Men, first two X-Men movies, which I didn't realise. So the voice of Solid Snake is also the screenwriter for the X-Men films. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Um, so he was great. Uh, the guys from Deadpool, Brianna and uh, Stefan, who, uh, you know, Stefan we've interviewed before and he's always good fun. That's Colossus and Negasonic Teenage Warhead to uh, to the people that don't know, but uh, they were brilliant. I actually saw that this weekend. Uh, finally, I got to see Deadpool too, which was great fun. I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. It is, it is a good one. It's, a, it's what you sort of expected the sequel to be. More. Yes sillier and um i like the fact they've kind of developing running jokes with things like all the other x-men are just hiding from him in the manor <laughs> i love um, that yeah <laughs> and him sort of going around in xavier's wheelchair and breaking the bit off the back of cerebro and <laughs> yeah. I, I like how many references they got in there and how many references to just things you wouldn't expect like the thanos references and <laughs> yeah. the, the dc universe references you're like 
I'm not quite sure how they've got away with this, but it's very funny. <laughs> yeah, it. I thought that was just wonderful. I actually saw Solo as well this weekend, um, which I, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed. I mean, it's, but you sound surprised. That says a lot about the general public's thinking of it. Is that you actually sound surprised you enjoyed it? Well, I saw. I, it's funny because I mean, I enjoyed both Deadpool and Solo probably about the same amount. I think partly because my expectation has been raised to such a point with everybody saying Deadpool's amazing that that you know it was and it was it was great and it was wonderful fun. But, it, you know, it doesn't have the same impact as the first one because you kind of know what you're getting. So, yeah. uh, but it was still really good. Uh, and Solo, I'd seen a lot of people kind of being slightly more negative towards that. So my expectations were lower and I thoroughly enjoyed that film. So um, and I, I sort of enjoyed them both probably equally with one kind of coming down slightly and one coming up slightly from what I expected. <laughs> but yeah, Solo, I mean, it's certainly, if you if you consider the fact that all the behind-the-scenes issues that they had with Solo with switching directors and all that sort of stuff. All the reshoots they did, yeah. Yeah, they made a really solid... It's essentially it's a big heist movie set in the uh, Star Wars universe. Uh, I think uh, the lead guy whose name escapes me, he plays Solo, is... is you know, perfectly cast in that role. He does an absolutely brilliant job. Um, it's nice to see Chewie doing a bit more. Really, really fun film and well worth mm. going to see, I think. It's good to hear something positive being said about the actor because so many people, before he'd opened his mouth, before he'd done anything, had just said, you've picked the wrong actor for the role. Mm. And I felt so sorry for the guy because to get a role like that and then just have the entire internet sort of judging you before you've done anything, yeah, I thought was so harsh and put such a massive expectation on him that it is nice to hear someone saying he put in a good performance mm. because I think so many people just judged it before it yeah. happened to similar things with people saying about Domino in Deadpool. They were just looked at one picture and went, no, it's not Domino. <laughs> and I actually think she was very Domino. I think she was yeah. nicer than Domino in the comics to Deadpool. Yeah. But she had that attitude and that strength, that strength of presence on screen. And she pulled all of that in. She didn't look like Domino, but then a lot of comic book characters get changed beyond recognition. And look at the rest of the people in Deadpool. Yeah. That apart from um, Deadpool himself and Cable, they, mm. they bear, you know, Negasonic's nothing like she is in the comics. And um, I've forgotten the name of the girlfriend, Negasonic's girlfriend. Oh, I can't remember. It's, it's, I've forgotten it's her name. Yo, yo, it, That's Yukio. Yukio, yeah, something like that. Apparently, that Yukio is based on the licensing for Yukio, as in the one Wolverine dated. Right. Right, okay. Who isn't a mutant. Right, okay. Who's an assassin Fair in the past when he goes over to Japan. Okay. But, so she does not look, act, think, or do anything. She's 0% Yukio. Because <laughs> um, they had um, a Yukio character in um, one of the other Wolverine movies. Yes. Um, I think the, was it the Wolverine? Um, uh, who also didn't, well, she was closer to being Yukio from the comics, but unless, unless she'd been called Yukio, I wouldn't know that's who she was. Yeah. And this was just so far removed that we were like, but they've, it's got electricity power. There is a mutant with yeah. that power. Why Why have you gone for, for that name? Uh, yeah, um, yeah. And, and they, they do change them that much. So I think, you know, Domino, it's just kind of like... Yeah, they're going to change her. They're changing everyone and adding in their own things and making things up. Um, yeah. You can't judge things on kind of how they are, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But good, good fun movies. And um, yeah, maybe I'll give Solo a try then. 
Yeah, I, I think Solo is definitely worth a try. It's a it's a wonderful piece of escapism for a couple of hours of of just a fun heist movie, essentially. Mm. Um, and it's set in the Star Wars universe. I mean, you know, mm. what, what's wrong with that? It's, it's is it like really the Ant Man of the, the MCU? It's it's not quite that. It's it's not as funny as as Ant Man. It it's it could possibly have done with a little bit more humor, but I think people might have criticized it for that as well. So yeah, yeah I think it strikes a re- reasonable balance between still being star wars still being but just being you know fun and you know a, a decent heist film so i yeah i i think it's worth watching definitely anything else from you this week i've been watching more of a happy oh yes i'm i'm about three or four episodes into that i need to get a bit further but uh, i am enjoying it's it It's brilliant yeah <laughs> it is utterly brilliant and um it's going to get stranger. <laughs> I'm sure. You're just two episodes in, you you really have got nowhere near the level of strange yes. that you're going to. I don't want to spoil it for anyone that's not seen it. I mean, if you know comic books, it's Grant Morrison. Yes. <laughs> and who is, who is the weirdest comic book writer amongst that sort of batch of stranger comic book writers that you get and uh, I love Grant Morrison's work but it does tend to take two or three reads to actually follow everything he's done so uh, it's, yeah. uh, they're, they're and, great and books I, I love the parodies they're doing with Happy and the way yeah. those kind of parodies work so well on the TV screen with the, the you know the real lives mobsters wives you know mobsters of whatever the, mm. the, the kind of shows they're imitating yeah. it works so so well i love the way they've adapted things and obviously they have changed things but it is it's just being one of those perfect little encapsulations of crazy and vicious and yeah i can't say anything else without spoiling it for you just yeah. keep, can you please watch I, some more I, so i can talk I will about watch this the you. rest of it now now <laughs> a lot of things are finished i will i will watch the rest of it <laughs> <laughs> good because i need someone to talk to about this because not many people i know are watching it and oh. there's not much you can say apart from watch it and then come back and talk to me <laughs> I will, well, I will watch the rest of it. I've just been trying to get to the end of, of certain things because there have been a lot of finales recently. So uh, I now those yes. are out of the way. Um, yeah, I, iZombie finished its recent season, which you were saying you completely missed this season. I've been waiting. I was going every week and going, when are we getting a release date for this? When are we getting a release date for this? And then apparently didn't notice. Yes. So I've got that to look forward to now because I love iZombie. Yeah, um, so last season's been really good, which is... Uh, you know the um the, the, it's got one more season to go after this uh they announced i think last week or the week before so uh yeah we we've got one more season left which i think is five seasons is the right time to end that show because there's only so far you can take that story i think in, yeah. in the tv yeah but otherwise format. they'd be looking at global you know if yeah. the story was too big for the show um, yeah. they've i think you know where they'd expanded it to or where they were expanding it to where i saw up to this it sounds like the right kind of length of time to make it really really good and not overstretch it yeah definitely so um that i'm thoroughly enjoyed i mean i got into i zombie very late and ended up binge watching my way through quite a lot of it and <laughs> uh, so i'm now kind of caught up in doing it weekly but yes i've been thoroughly enjoying that show and uh, i you know it i'm not so much sad to see it come to an end because i i think it's the right time to do it but uh, I, I i really enjoy that adaptation i think it's really good flash and arrow also ended this week and you know they're, they're kind of they're fun entertaining watches those shows both ended in a in a sort of interesting position i think 
Flash looks like they're going back to a speedster again next season as uh, being the villain. Mm-hmm. Possibly another version from little headlines I've seen. I've not looked too much into it, but little headlines I've seen. It, it looks like it's going to be another version of a, of the main one that they've used like twice now. <laughs> the the yeah, Professor another Zoom, Zoom or something. Another yeah. Zoom or something. But to be I fair, get that multiple... Zoom's important, but yeah. I think they. I mean, the, the things that Flash goes up against in the comics generally, if you you know wanted mm. to just like make a random Flash enemy machine, it would be very fast things and things called Captain something. And I yeah. think we've got to the point where we need some more Captain somethings. Yes, I think possibly. I mean, you know, it it's fine. It is what it is. It's a fun show that. Mm. Um... I'd like to see some more in the other Earth where. Um, yeah. I'd like to see a bit, yeah, yeah. A bit more, a bit more of that would be good. But um, we've talked about this before. I think we were talking about this when Daryl was on. I think you could chop those shows down to sixteen episode seasons, and you wouldn't really miss much. You know, there's a lot of filler in there. <laughs> Yeah, um, the, the romance storylines drive me crazy, which is why I gave up on Arrow in the end, even though I really liked it, because I just I just did not want any more. Will they, won't they, dating? I just wanted people to do interesting things. Yeah, I mean, Arrow at least has been slightly more interesting because it's not had like magical villains. It's had like proper hand-to-hand kind of, you know, ground level stuff this season. You know, a mm. lot less mythical things this season, which I think has worked quite well for it. And and, yeah, we made a decent enough villain. Uh, I'll be interested to see what they do with that next season. Uh, Lucifer also finished, which, well, hopefully not forever. They, they seem fairly hopeful that he may get picked up somewhere else. That, uh, I I mean, I, I'd be gutted if that doesn't get picked up. It seems so ridiculous that nobody else would take it, given that it seems to be topping everybody's chart of shows that should be brought back, you know. Um, Mm. It's become very beloved very quickly, that show. I kind of was a little bit take it or leave it. I enjoyed it, but I don't think it's quite what I wanted from that show based on, you know, the source material. And I felt that the, yeah, setting things up, where I last watched it up to looked like it might be sort of setting up for, you know, almost a romance between that those main two characters and i wanted more lucifer being cool and sexy and evil rather than sort of becoming more human um yeah. but it, i can see why a lot of people really love it it's very charismatic it's very easy to watch you know i like things that are a bit more meaty and dark which is why things like happy and uh, yeah. altered carbon and stuff like that are high on my list I, you know like all my characters to end terribly and horribly i don't, I don't know why <laughs> just just seems to be the thing that that I, i'm drawn to and lucifer's more friendly and approachable and it's very easy to get on board with it and enjoy it because i had the same thing with constantine yeah. um, it wasn't necessarily the best show but there was something just really welcoming about it yeah it's... and people really wanted more yeah, and I think I, I, Constantine is a show that definitely would have worked better on Netflix where they could have got away with him doing a lot more, I think, um, mm. and could have made it much darker. Uh, I, I think that was the that was a problem with it being on NBC. And, I mean, Lucifer, I, I know it's a huge departure from the comic books, that show, but... Well, it, it, it is not the comic books at yeah, all. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it is... It's its yeah. own entity. <laughs> it, it is completely its own entity, but... As you say, it's cast really well. There's some great characters in it. Yeah. We're actually 
talking uh one of the interviews that we've got this week got two interviews one of them's with amy garcia who plays ella on the show who is a much beloved character by fans and uh, so i was very lucky to talk to her this weekend bethesda have announced a new fallout game which i'm very very much looking to forward to called fallout 76 have you played through any of the fallout games i've not played them myself but i've sat in many rooms with other people playing them and they're pretty cool yeah if i had more free time in this kind of ironic way and the more i do videos about movies and games the less time i have to play games um i didn't have the man hours to put into into fallout but it's it's a lovely world it is i mean it's this it's this wonderful sort of post-apocalyptic world in Mm. an alternate reality where things went kind of nuclear around the 50s so you've got this lovely retro kind of 50s nostalgia thing going on but it's a post-apocalyptic world so they've found this beautiful little area to play in uh, it's really really lovely the gameplay's really good the stories are really well thought out and uh, this seems we we don't know anything about this this game other than it's called out fallout 76 you don't worry you've not missed a lot of games in between 76 <laughs> is, the, is the number of the vault it's actually set in um uh, i assumed it was like the year and they were going to jump it forward from the 50s yeah, well, to the 70s that, that was that was my thought but uh because the the actual i mean the actual year it's set in you're in 20 something mm. anyway you're actually quite away in the future it's just that the sort of nuclear annihilation event happened around the 50s i think but the world that the games are actually set in are sort of like 200 years after that or 100 years after that so but yeah vault 76 is is where this is going to be set. We know from a bit of the background of stuff that we know about Vault 76 because there are wikis and things about it that are official kind of things. We know it's a vault which wasn't experimented on by Vault Tech because the the companies that ran these underground bunkers had a habit of ex- experimenting on the people in them. Uh, of course, why uh, not? <laughs> yeah. That, so which makes for some wonderfully weird vaults when you uh, go and investigate sort of various different vaults because you can find them abandoned in the game but um, Vault 76 was actually a control vault so they left them to their own devices and operated as you would have expected a vault to in the first place and it looks like the vault is actually heavily populated from the trailer we've seen which is a a kind of new thing it looks like a sort of happy well-running vault so we don't know whether it's going to just be set in that, whether you're, you know, start out in that and get sent out, which is what usually happens, but you usually get sent out after something's gone catastrophically wrong. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. We'll know more when that uh, comes out at E3. They're going to be a bit more information, which is, uh, I think, later this month, E3. So uh, that's the US big gaming event. So we'll know a bit more about that then. And this weekend, uh, having done MCM Comic Con last weekend, I did film and Comic Con in Birmingham this weekend, which is the Showmasters event, which is the first time I've done that. Very different sort of event to the MCM one. Smaller, it's probably about half the size, but it's very much based around the collectors and stuff because it's mixed in with collector mania. So there's a lot of autograph hunters there. And yeah, with whereas the, the autographs in MCM are sort of cordoned off into this kind of little area, 
with this, all the autograph guys are lining both the sides of the hall in sort of big, like, long lines and stuff. So uh, there were some great people there as well. I mean, uh, Robert Engel, who is the original Freddy Krueger. Christopher Lambert, who from Highlander was there. You got uh, one of the guys from iZombie was there. As I said, I spoke to Amy Garcia from Lucifer and uh, Lachlan Monroe from Riverdale. So those guys were there. There was some Walking Dead people and uh, a whole whole interesting selection of, of stuff. The only problem with those events from our point of view is that uh, there's no organised press room. So it, we don't have any big video interviews or anything like that from that. So it makes it slightly more difficult in terms of covering it. But if you're a fan and you want to go and talk to these people, it's great because you can go up, you can get photographs taken with them, you can get photographs signed by them, and they have an authentication table so if you're an autograph collector for like a, a small extra fee though you can actually get an officially authenticated autograph thing to prove that it was done at an event and that person signed it which is quite cool so um yeah worth going to check out the show masters event i you know it's as i say it's smaller than the mcm one and certainly the birmingham one is i know they do one in london and over the have you ever done the london one yes i have yeah uh, hopefully we're going to those um both film and comic-con and super comic-con this year i need to check the dates for when they're going to be on but they're they're always good fun. Um, Film and Comic Con is quite big in London now. I remember when it was a tiny event yeah. just in one upstairs room and it's it's grown to quite a beast. Mm. Um, Super Comic Con is usually still quite a, a little one, which is more about kind of creators and little bits and pieces. So I, I do like the variety of cons we're getting in in London now. I do need to come up to some of these um, Birmingham ones at some point though. Yeah, yeah. You should come up to some of the Birmingham ones. They are, are really good fun. There's some great ones up here. Uh, and there's uh, MCM Manchester is the next one if you're sort of further north and they've got one in Scotland as well, I think. So uh, so they are sort of all over the country if you want to go and find your local Comic Con. I would definitely recommend the uh, the Showmasters one. I actually, actually had a really nice time. Quite a lot of cosplay as well. So uh, having spent most of my time actually only just about about finished my uh, cosplay edits from MCM. I've now got a whole bunch of them to do for film and comic con now. <laughs> so, uh, so if you like cosplay photos, though, go out and check the uh, Instagram feed, which is uh, Geek Town UK. Uh, go and check that because there are an absolute ton of cosplay photos on there, which you can go. Yeah, and look some at of those like. photos. I think you've outdone yourself this year with the Thank quality you. of the photos you've been taking as well. Some of the backgrounds and things have been lovely. Yes, uh, I, I would like to say to to people when they because they say oh these are really good I'm like yeah I'm a rubbish photographer I am quite good in Photoshop so <laughs> well it's a combination of the two a bad photo would not Photoshop into a good one magically so no no I guess but... give yourself credit on both counts because some <laughs> of those photos have been stunning and I've been seeing some of the comments on Instagram where people have been really really happy with the photos you've taken from them as well yeah so uh, and it does help driving up the Instagram followers which I'm I'm, I'm actually over 500 Instagram followers finally so uh, it's slow going but I am getting there so um, yeah, go and check that out if you're a, if you're a cosplay fan and you want to see some some nice fo- photos of that. But we've been chatting for about half an hour, so we should probably move on to some film, TV and film news. Well, all right then, if you insist. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. TV and film news this week. We start off with renewals and cancellations and pickups and stuff. There's a few cancellations. Code Black, which was CBS's medical drama, has uh, flatlined after three seasons. <laughs> I mean, I didn't watch any of this. I'm told it was quite a good medical drama, and some people saying it's the best one since they are, you know, fans of the show, but... Uh, I, I've never seen it, so I couldn't actually comment. But I, my my gut feeling is there are enough medical dramas around not to be overly concerned that we've lost one. You know, so <laughs> so that's gone. Amazon have officially picked up The Expanse, which I'm incredibly happy about. There was a wonderful announcement video where Jeff Benzos, who's the guy that runs Amazon, there was a thing in LA that they were doing for the for NASA, actually. But they had The Expanse team there. And uh, he went out on stage and said, uh, I, I don't think they actually knew. And uh, he goes out on stage and goes, yeah, we've uh, we've been in talks to pick up The Expanse, but up until 10 minutes ago, nothing was signed and nothing was official. It's now signed. It's official. The Expanse will be getting a fourth season. The entire room er- just erupted in cheers. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. Go and check that video out if you haven't seen it. It's absolutely lovely. And it's such a good series. I, I'm amazed it was ever in contention that it would continue. Yeah. The only reason that was the case was because the guys that make the show didn't give the best deal to sci-fi who was airing the show in the US who were the people funding it even though you know it was a bought-in show for them but they only made money on sci-fi when it went out, out live they didn't make any money if it was going out on a catch-up service or you know there was no extra back end to it and they basically said yeah we love the show and it was it was gut-wrenching to pull it but we just can't afford to do it uh, and yeah. so it being on Amazon is a much better deal what we we don't know at this point is what that means for the international audience because it's been saved by amazon but we don't know whether that's just amazon us that saved it because internationally the rights were sold to netflix so they've hopefully now... they can make some kind of deal though because it has such a huge yeah following or even if they just say they're going to bring it out on dvd or something you know blu-ray and a in a while because I need to see what happens. Well, I mean, two options are either Amazon and Netflix do some sort of deal, which would be unheard of, but either that happens and Netflix keep the international rights and they run those and Amazon have the US rights. My guess is, though, that the rights will lapse on the Netflix side and the whole thing will move over to Amazon. But as at the moment, I have reached out to Amazon to ask if they can tell us what's going on. They're being very quiet about it. So I suspect there's deals being done at the moment as to exactly what, you know, whether they buy it out off Netflix and buy out their contract. I don't know. But uh, we'll let you know more about exactly what's going to happen with that when it arrives. But uh, it will be here in some shape or form, I suspect, either on Netflix or on Amazon, but we'll we'll have to wait and find out. Legion's been renewed for a third season as well, speaking Woo! which uh, I'm, I'm a little bit behind on Legion. I've got a few episodes of that to catch up with, but uh, I, I thoroughly love that series. It's wonderfully bonkers. And uh, I, so, it's one of the best shows on TV ever. Yeah. <laughs> it is it's such good fun it's it's weird and strange and just beautifully done so i'm very happy to have that back and uh, that's going to come back for a third season interesting bit of news also on amazon is stars which is the u.s network has launched a thing called stars play which is 
is one of these paid additional channels that they do for Amazon Prime. So you pay for your Amazon Prime subscription. They then have extra premium subscriptions you can add on as well. And they do these for a few different networks. Like if you want the Discovery channels but haven't got Sky, you can pay like an extra fiver a month and get all the Discovery channels via your Amazon subscription instead. So there are various ways of doing this. The stars are the people that make shows like Outlander. Outlander itself as a show is still going to be on Amazon Prime. So yeah. all the existing deals for stars shows, if it's a show that's made for stars or on stars at the moment, it's staying where it is. What it does mean is any new shows coming forward that come onto stars will probably go directly onto stars play. So just something to bear in mind. I mean, at the moment they've, they've trying to push a couple of new series of theirs, which are exclusive to the stars play network, which is stars original shows. What doesn't seem to have come across, there's a, a show called Counterpart, which looks brilliant, has not got a broadcaster over here, but goes out under the Stars original brand, but I think is actually a, a bought-in show because I've checked Stars Play and it's not on there. And that's one of the few things I would have actually paid for the service for. So uh, it's it's not great at the moment and we'll have to see what plays out moving forward. But there is some content on there that might be worth checking out if you want to go and have a look for it. Uh, but just Google Stars. That starts with a Z, stars play on uh, Amazon Prime and uh, you should come up with it. And ABC have cancelled Roseanne, the highly rated, like, well, it was, I think, the top rated show in the US when it came back for its revival. Unfortunately, Roseanne made probably the most expensive tweet in history by making some fairly choice and racist remarks on uh, her Twitter feed, which ended up with ABC cancelling the show, which was previously renewed for a second season. So, um, yeah, that that was not a cheap thing to tweet, to tweet out for. Uh, and, um, no, just, I'm assuming they checked this wasn't a hacked account issue or something like that, uh, because it just, no. just sort of came out of nowhere, as far well, as I know. But, I mean, uh, I don't really know you know the, the the show particularly well or anything but no i mean you know it's she's very popular with the the right side of politics in the us she's yeah been a supporter of trump and her twitter feed apparently has been somewhat schizophrenic up until this point anyway uh with uh, you know and and a lot of sort of she's been treating conspiracy theory stuff and and all that kind of thing and i think this is part of the sort of tv world i've just completely missed and it's probably not a bad thing yeah and it's so it came out as as one of these sort of things she tweeted out something which was grossly inappropriate and uh it ended up with her then getting condemned by various other cast members and abc hours later went yeah we're not supporting this and um cancelled the show there is talk of them possibly bringing back the series now but without Roseanne. So it would be the Connors, probably. So it would probably be the re- some configuration of the rest of the family, if that is the case. Apparently, the, the ended, they ended this the series revival with her going in for knee surgery, which gives them quite a good excuse to be able to kill her off under anaesthetic if they need to. <laughs> <laughs> quite brutal. But it would be kinder on, if the rest of the cast weren't involved in whatever this was, because yeah. to be honest, before before this whole thing, I had no idea who any of these people were. And, um, you know, if the rest of the cast were not involved in any of this behaviour, it seems a bit of a shame to, for them to all lose their paychecks yeah. over someone else's inability to, to edit what they're putting online or think about things a bit more. Who 
who knows? I mean, if it was a popular show, hopefully it will be able to become a different popular show without them. It's not like the show couldn't survive without them. I mean, you've got John Goodman in there, who is, you know, a very highly acclaimed actor. You've got Laurie Metcalf, who's an Emmy, Emmy nominated. She was Oscar nominated, I think, as well. She may have even won one. So you've got those two playing fairly sizable roles on the show. The show could work without Roseanne in the middle of it, I think. Just with a name change. Just with a name change and, <laughs> and you know, following the family. A few subtle changes. It, it might not have quite the same numbers, but it would be a way at least of, of getting them through the next shooting season and giving those people jobs and giving it a try. Worth the shot, I think. But they've not officially announced that yet. It Apparently, they, there is a version of the show that has been pitched to ABC, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. On to other news. There's been a lot of casting changes this week. We'll come on to some of the others in a minute. But uh, one of the big ones is... Uh, Andrew Lincoln appears to be leaving The Walking Dead. And given the entire show was really centred around him as a character, certainly in the beginning, I mean, it is more of an ensemble show these days. And we have argued that they've got too many characters in the show. I'm just not entirely sure Andrew Lincoln's Rick is the one that you want to take out, particularly. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a zombie show and anyone is fair game. I think if you want to go by the rules of, you know, living in such a world, that yeah. they could just have his character immortalised in some way, build a big statue to him and uh, <laughs> <laughs> go from there, really. Yeah, I mean, the, the general consensus has been fairly negative from around about this news. I mean, in fairness, unlike a lot of the other departures from The Walking Dead, this seems to be Andrew Lincoln's decision. This has not officially come from AMC yet. The stories came out online. Various sources at uh, some of the big American websites then checked it and confirmed that, yes, they were, as far as they were concerned, it seemed true. We've since seen Instagram posts from one of the showrunners or the screenwriter saying, you know, he's going to miss the guy. So, I, I mean, it, it does seem like this is definitely happening it's going to be very interesting where this goes moving forward because obviously on on top of this you've got lauren cohen who is only back for six episodes this season and then she definitely leaves she's got a new show to be moving on to she agreed to come back to six for six episodes so they could finish off the storyline for her character but she's moving on to a new series called whiskey cavalier the reason for that happening was money they wouldn't pay her you've got that happening you've got denai granera who is now starring in the marvel movie franchise it seems her contract is up at the end of season nine the next season it seems very likely she won't sign again the plan appears to be to up Norman Reedus's character Daryl Dixon into being the main lead and they have reportedly offered him like a 20 million quid paycheck to do that I, I mean, I like Daryl as a character. I, I mean, I don't know. You, you've not really watched The Walking Dead. It's, it's not a show you follow, is it? Not particularly, no. Yeah. Not if I want to get any sleep in the night after. Um, <laughs> no. I'm quite terrible with these kind of things. Um, That's I remember, uh, yeah, yeah, I think Bruce Campbell shows are the closest I can, can get to that right, kind yeah, of thing, yeah. usually. Yeah, so, I mean, Daryl is a character, Daryl Dixon is a character that doesn't appear in the comic books. So, I mean, the, the this is an issue that they've had where the show, diverges from the comic books and it does in quite a lot of different ways some more obvious than others it's difficult particularly now though because you've no longer got Carl Rick's son there and the obvious lineage of the show was Rick to Carl unfortunately they fired Chandler Riggs Carl uh, because he was 
coming up to... Well, it, seemingly, the reports are that he was coming up to his 18th birthday and they didn't want to have to bump up his pay. Again, it comes to AABC not wanting to pay more money. So they ended mm-hmm. up killing the character off. And that seems like the obvious lineage was if you killed off Rick, then Carl would take over as being the main lead. And that's sort of where it goes in the comic books, even though both Carl and Rick are alive. That's, you know, Carl in the comic books is being groomed to take over. Now you're no longer going to have either of those characters. You've got Daryl Dixon, who I like as a character, but he's not a leading guy. On the show, he's very, very quiet. So I don't know. Uh, It just seems very weird. And it's going to be a very, very difficult thing, I think, for the fans to deal with. It was already losing money losing numbers in terms of broadcaster last season so yeah I, this is not going to help matters i don't think yeah i guess it's just a wait and see one returns in the autumn we'll have to wait and see what happens we don't know obviously whether they're actually going to kill off rick i mean you've got to assume they probably are but uh yeah i you know andrew link has been there for nine seasons he'd made noises previously about you know having some sort of end game himself in his head of what he wanted to do seems that, that is somewhat different to the amc end game of what they want to do with the show but that has been a fundamental problem with the series is that they don't know where they're going they have sort of some season arc but they need to be heading towards finding a cure or a major goal and that has been very fuzzy and i think mm. that's been a problem because you're not heading towards anything specific well um, i think with anything that's based in a zombie world either you defeat the zombies or all humans die yeah there is there isn't really anything else you can kind of do with that or you will leave the planet or something they could turn it into a sci-fi and go somewhere <laughs> else I don't, you know unless you do something that's quite out there there really is just people win people are eaten all yeah. status quo uh, and that's one of the problems i've always found with zombie genres in general and the walking dead went from being you know it, i was aware of it as a comic book then it was a tv series then it was huge and it just took off in a way I don't think they could have remotely anticipated how big it got. I guess they just have to decide if they want a happy ending or a sad ending. And it's like the guys we were talking to at MCM, King, Ezekiel and um, uh, Jerry. Jerry. And they were like, you know, someone asked them, did you think it's going to end well or badly? And they're like, well, you've got to assume well, haven't you? (laughs) You know, you can't play your role thinking you're, you're all going to die horribly. And I think, yeah, they need to decide which of those end games and then presumably wrap it up reasonably quickly because once everyone knows what direction you're going in, well, it, yeah, it's I, got quite a, a predictable route it would have to take to remain logical. Or spaceships and aliens, one or the other. <laughs> I think there have been issues with the last couple of seasons and I know it lost a lot of fans. I I don't think this is going to help matters. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. But um, yeah, it, there is an argument to say that the next season possibly should be its last, I think. But... Uh, We'll wait and see what happens. I suspect the flogging a walking dead horse. Uh, you know, as far as... <laughs> How long have you been waiting to say that? <laughs> so we'll we'll see. On to other things. Um, this was a story actually that you know from uh, I think last week, but because we we didn't do a full show last week, I wanted to mention it. Brian Fuller has exited yet another TV show. He was supposed to be joining the Anne Rice's uh, Vampire Chronicles series, which is currently being written by uh, Anne's son, Chris. It's now been announced that uh, he will no longer be involved. And this was a show which he'd been wanting to do since he was a relatively kind 
kind of junior writer to the point that when he was a relatively young guy, Brian Fuller had tracked down Anne Rice and saying, I want to adapt your books. And she basically said, go away, kid, get some experience, and then we'll talk, which is you know, what Brian Fuller did and went away and did you know, American Gods pushing daisies dead like me and Hannibal. Went and got that experience, came back you know, when Anne Rice got all the uh, rights to the Vampire Chronicles back, which is the uh, Vampire Lestat books and all that sort of stuff. She got all the rights to those back, started to write this TV series with uh, Son Christopher and uh, you know, Brian jumped back on board, lasted about two months and then disappeared again. We don't know what the, the circumstances are of his disappearance, but um, this is about the third or fourth show in a row that he's walked off now. Amazing Stories, which was the reboot of the Steven Spielberg series uh, that Apple are doing. He walked off that. He was kicked off the Star Trek Discovery. He walked off American Gods. Yeah, kind of the littlest hobo of exec producers, I think. <laughs> I mean, I, I like the idea of a, of a sort of vampireless that TV series. I, you know, yeah, I he's a complicated and interesting character. And much as I love the interview with the vampire movie, you know, yeah. I think something that could really explore explore his life and things that happened before and after and and look at that character in detail could be a really interesting one and it would be nice to see but I'm not sure exactly if it's going to get off the ground now if these things keep happening. The script has been written. Christopher Rice has finished the script. He tweeted out a photo of it. It's called The Wolf Killer, the pilot is. And it should be noted, although we've been referring to it as The Vampire Chronicles, the title on the script says The Vampire Lestat. So it seems like they're using Lestat as as the main three character on the series. And I think that's probably the right thing to do. He's the most interesting character in that book series. So Mm. um, he doesn't have a network yet. It's um, Paramount and Anonymous content to the people behind uh, 13 Reasons Why, Mr. Robot, the, the OA. Uh, they optioned the rights to the book series back in November, so I'm presuming they're going to act as the studio for it. But it hasn't actually been pitched to any networks yet. So they're still in the early stages of it, but it's a property with a built-in audience. It's one of those things that you would think somebody would go for. I would, it screams Amazon to me because it's the type of big kind of series that Amazon are kind of looking for, I guess. Amazon or Netflix would seem like the obvious choice for it because you can also get away with being a lot more violent on those as well. You can mm-hmm. on network TV. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that project. But um, yes, no longer being Brian Fuller as showrunner or exec producer on it. And then uh, casting news. There was a whole ton of casting news. Outlander has cast five new people for the next season, including the Lord of the Rings star Billy Boyd. Billy Boyd is going to be playing Gerald Forbes, a wealthy lawyer in Cross Creek, who is friends with the with his prominent client Jacasta Cameron, played by Muriel Doyle Kenzie, who is the younger sister of Dougal McKenzie. Billy Boyd was actually at the uh, signing at the weekend, and uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to him unfortunately because I wanted to ask him about this. But um, it's a really fun show that I've thoroughly enjoyed. It. I again one that I came to quite late, but uh, worth watching. It's some some of the love stuff gets a little bit wary on me after a while, some of the love story stuff, but there's enough other good kind of swashbuckly sword fighty stuff going on around it to kind of keep you entertained, I think. Um, Zachary Levy has joined the second season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is a one of the fun funniest, if not the funniest comedy I saw last year. He's joining as an eclectic Manhattan doctor who suddenly starts orbiting the uh, main character's world. 
Worlds. I'm happy to see Zach Levy in absolutely anything. I think I miss yeah. him on TV since Chuck. Yeah, I um, um, really watch a huge amount of Chuck, actually. I didn't just you? look at that. No, I didn't really. No spaceships. Ah, yeah. That's generally what things come down to with me, isn't it? <laughs> one, still, one track mine. Has it got spaceships? Does everyone die? <laughs> still, a, still a fun series. He was also in the Thor yeah. movies as well, of course. Yes, Took over yeah, from Just, Just yeah, Dallas yeah. in the Thor movies. I really like Zach Levy. He's a, he's a seems like a lovely guy, and I think this is great. And as I say, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel was a brilliant, brilliant show. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing more of that. And uh, Strike Back has added Jamie Bamber into the cast for uh, the next season, uh, season seven, which is coming back for. So this is the same revamped cast as it was before, although no Roxanne McKee mentioned in the revamped cast, but Jamie Bamber will be playing the new commanding officer on that show, apparently. I haven't actually got to the end of the season six yet. I've still got a few episodes I need to go back and catch up on. So I'm I'm guessing the previous commanding officer didn't make it out of the series alive. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bit of a spoiler for you. Yes, a little bit of a spoiler for me, but... But, uh, you know, Jamie Bamber uh, of um, Battlestar Galactica fame. So good actor, nice guy. We've actually interviewed him at Comic-Con previously, I think. So, uh, you know, seems like a nice guy. I've, I'm sure that will be absolutely fine. And I'm sure people will be complaining that the uh, two guys that were in season five and the previous seasons are back again unless they do happen to show up, but I'm sure people will complain about it. And uh, lastly, Matt LeBlanc has announced he's leaving Top Gear next season. Right. (laughs) So no reason other than, you know, him sort of saying, I absolutely adore doing the show, but as you would expect, it takes me away from my family an awful lot. And we're filming in the UK and then we've you know got all the stuff that we need to film abroad. And it's taking me away too much. And I've got young kids and I want to spend time with my family back in LA. And uh, so that's basically why. I think he was doing a really good job and it was starting to really gel with those three guys. So having to bring somebody new in is a bit of a pain, but it'd be a shame to lose him, I think. There's very mixed opinions on the last few seasons of Top Gear. Some people miss the three old guys, although you can still catch them on the Grand Tour and they're still basically doing the same show. I am of the opinion that Top Gear going back to being more about the cars, which is what it kind of should have been rather than three idiots messing around, is probably a better move. So I actually quite like what they've done with it. And we've still got the Grand Tour if you want to go watch the Grand Tour. (laughs) So yes, I'd be sorry to see him go. But uh, anyway, that's all the news for this week. Next up, we have a couple of little interviews. As I mentioned, I was down at uh, Film and Comic Con Birmingham from Sharemasters this weekend. I didn't get a chance to talk to an awful lot of people, partly my own fault because I left it a little bit late because you're having to jump in in between people signing and I was trying not to get in the way of the fans that desperately wanted signatures. So you had to wait until the queues had died down and it was sort of quite difficult just grabbing them for like five or ten minutes. So I only managed to get these two people, but uh, I was very happy I did. First one is Lachlan Monroe, who plays Hell Cooper, Betty's father on Riverdale. 
Dale. We managed to get a five or six minute chat with him. So they're not very long interviews. They're only little ones. But uh, I wanted to talk to him because he had a very interesting storyline at Riverdale this season. If you haven't watched the season finale of Riverdale this last season, you might want to skip over this interview until after you've watched it because it does spoil some of the end of it. So here's the interview with Lachlan. Lovely to have you here in Birmingham. Uh, how's it been this weekend meeting fans? Oh, it's awesome. I, uh, my first time in the UK and um, I, uh, I found the, uh, the fan base over here were, you know, very excited to chat about projects and um, all very polite and uh, just very friendly. And, and, and um, it's fun for me to, especially with the show Riverdale now, to see all the people that just absolutely love the show. So yeah. it's a lot of fun for me. Yeah. I was uh, at a different convention at the weekend. Probably shouldn't say that. but uh, And the, the amount of uh, Riverdale cosplayers, a lot of Riverdale cosplayers around. Oh, <laughs> around. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, everyone's, uh, everyone's a Riverdale vixen or yeah. Jughead or someone, aren't they? Yeah, yeah there's a lot of them around. Speaking of Riverdale, which has been a, a phenomenally good show. Uh, you had a very interesting role this season. Yeah, it's uh, crazy how it all turned out. Um, you know, uh, but, but I'm excited about how being this character now and actually it, it, to think about that he that he lived a lie for so long in his life. Uh, you know, he fooled Alice, he fooled his whole family, he fooled all of their friends and his friends. And um, so now, you know, now maybe it's, uh, maybe he stays sort of the person that he was brainwashed to be, or maybe maybe he's, he'll be redeemed or find some sort of redemption through through therapy and or through chatting with Betty you know maybe it'll be become a Clarice Starling Hannibal Lecter relationship I don't know yeah. I don't know I was going to say that, that scene was very much set up in a, in a Hannibal Lecter way I thought yeah they, they pretty much ripped that one off but but I, I thought the scene turned out really good I mean um, Lily Lily who plays Betty is such a great actress and so any chance I get to do scenes with her it, it, she's just really good so it, all the cast are great so i know you probably can't say a lot do you know if you're back next you are definitely back yeah. next season. yeah no i'm back for season three but i i have no idea what the story arc will be because they don't they don't let in uh they don't let us know at all uh we ended uh, episode 22 and that's that's where uh, my knowledge has ended at episode 22 yeah. actors are the last thing to be told anything yeah it seems to be it seems to be yeah so We'll see. I, I'm I'm excited to take a, a, a different direction with the character. I think it's just made it more interesting. Well, awesome. Well, I'm I'm look forward to seeing you back on the show because uh, it's it's been such a fun ride. That considering it's come from Archie Comics of all things, it's just amazing. And uh, you know, we've got the Sabrina thing coming as well, which should be really good fun. Maybe you can get some crossover action going. I know they're different networks, but yeah. uh, you never know. I, it might be hard because of the Netflix and the CW and WB situation. As far as I'm not being the same network but but you don't you never know i i have no idea if they're going to try and cross them over but that'd be kind of fun too maybe i'll go over to greendale and you know wreak some havoc over there yeah yeah that'd be fun to see <laughs> awesome well thanks for taking a little bit of time to just chat cool my pleasure thank you Bye. So that was the interview with Lachlan Monroe. The other person that we got to talk to was Amy Garcia, who is the lovely science geek, plays Ella Lopez in uh, Lucifer. And uh, I actually sat and watched her panel, and her panel was amazing because she's quite a geek in real life herself. I mean, you know, to the point of, you know, goes to Comic Cons as a fan, 
She told a story on the stage about getting stopped from running up to Tom Ellis when they were doing a panel at Comic-Con and uh, she was stopped by security because she looked like a rabid fan running towards him trying to get a hug. And she's like, no, no, I'm on the panel. (laughs) (laughs) So um, she's absolutely lovely and she was really sweet to talk to. Uh, So we got about 10 minutes with her just talking a little bit about Lucifer and her character and the fans and obviously the Save Lucifer campaign. So uh, here's the interview with Amy Garcia. We'll see you afterwards with some highlights for next week. So it's lovely to have you here this this uh, weekend at the con. How's it been for you? Because we're getting to the end of the day now, so I bet you're quite tired after signing all day. It's been exhilarating. I'm I'm just floored at the commitment of our fans and the love and their passion and their energy, and it gives me energy, and I would not have been able to get through the day without them. And... Um, it's been great. I love meeting the people who see our stories and hearing what episodes they love and hearing what characters they love and hearing their favorite lines and hearing their favorite moments and, and telling me, look, when Ella said, it's scary to tell the truth to someone and have them look at you like you're crazy, I busted out into tears. And so I wouldn't have known that or, or felt that if I wasn't here so it's 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 such a treat have you been surprised at how much your character has has touched people since uh, it coming on in season two because you know quite often joining a show late it's not necessarily that you, you know those characters that leap into people's imagination but yours uh, ella seems to have really kind of been a huge part for the fans i mean that's true it's um yeah i think that um Fervid fans love their initial characters and then they get very protective of them. So if someone comes in to shift that dynamic, it could get ugly and they could be not very supportive. So I'm very, very like excited and and um, and really humbled that the fans have just completely taken to her and they've given her a big virtual hug you know via social media and and the response to her and um it's really nice because like as an actor for example she has an episode where she speaks Klingon and I made a choice to like really commit and say it with my fists in the air and I could have definitely had egg on my face but then luckily the fans were like oh my god we love it she totally committed she totally like you know she really and then I went to a convention in Frankfurt last month and one of the Klingon Federation like heads or something was like look you pronounced it with with gusto you said it like a Klingon would say it so I just want you to know you have the Klingon stamp of approval you know what I mean so that was really really exciting now as I heard in your panel earlier you're kind of a bit geeky anyway so did you know the Klingon beforehand or did you have to learn it I mean I knew a little Klingon I knew like Tavanlu you know because that's what they ended up putting in there um but that's really all I knew I mean I love you know Star Trek. My my dad was like, you know, a huge Star Trek fan growing up. So I definitely kind of love the concept of diversity. Like if you think about it, it's not just like all different types of people. It's all different types of species, right? So like if you look at Star Wars in their watering hole at the bar, you see people from all different colors you see you know people with red faces you see robots you see androids you see like i don't know aliens you see like 
It's just, I like the feeling of inclusiveness. And so, yeah, I didn't know any Klingon before except for Tavon Lu, and then they ended up writing that in there, so it was very convenient. But I would love to learn more. But I obviously knew how to say it because I grew up kind of watching them. So performance-wise, I knew exactly how a Klingon would say something. And uh, the the obvious thing we have to mention is the Save Lucifer campaign and uh, you know how that seems to be going at the moment and the reaction you've had from fans to Save the Show, which I absolutely adore the series. I think it, I was gutted when I heard it was there was a number of shows this season that really caught me, but Lucifer was definitely the number one that I think I was really the most upset about. There's talk of it maybe going to one of the streaming services. We know you don't know anything yet. Uh, what would you like to say to people just to help get behind it in the next few weeks? I first want to say thank you because we wouldn't have gone this far without them. I think Lucifer was an underdog show from the beginning. And the fact that we're already a season, you know, that we've wrapped a season three and we've aired season three, I think is something to hold our head high. And that's purely fan based. And the second thing I would say is don't give up. Um, One of my favorite quotes is, Margaret Mead, never mind that a few committed citizens can change the world. In fact, it's the only thing that ever has. And I think that uh, this snowball effect of love and passion for the show has really, like, caught the years of streaming services and producers and production companies and I think that we have social media as a platform and it's really cool to be able to cast your vote um, directly you know through Twitter and and hashtag save Lucifer and I'm just so in awe of our fervent fan base who really loves all the characters and we're like so different and diverse and the fact that a global fan base in Spain, Brazil, New Zealand, Australia, you know, Europe, the fact that they see themselves in these characters and and in a way we're all underdogs on that show and we're actually real underdogs as a show. So there's a very meta quality to our show and I think that there's a very authentic quality to our show so the third thing I would say to them is that we're fighting on the front lines with them you know Tom is out there flying to LA taking meetings getting out um, you know getting the story out in the press Um, Lauren and Leslie Ann just went to New Zealand for Comic Con you know they're interacting one on one with fans and hearing what they have to say and and you know I'm out here and hashtagging save Lucifer so I want them to feel like they're not alone and I want them to feel like they're inspiring us to keep going because they have single-handedly given us a you know a fighting chance and I feel like you know how cool would it be if if we got canceled and everyone felt like they were in hell and then ironically our angels end up becoming our fans and what if what if? You never know. What if our fans end up being the angels that end up saving our show? That would be awesome. I really, really, really hope it gets saved. So uh, good luck with the rest of the campaign, and I, I hope to see it back on air soon. Thank you. Fingers crossed. Thanks. So that was the interview with Amy Garcia. I hope you really enjoyed that. As I say, she was absolutely great. Save Lucifer. I really want Lucifer back. So I'm uh, hopefully we should know in the next month or so whether that's going to happen or not. We'll see. But uh, keep your eyes open. Now we've got some highlights for next week on TV. 
So highlights for next week. We have Get Shorty, which is a series which has been running for a couple of years, actually, in the US. It's based on the uh, 1990 novel by Almore Leonard. It's been getting fairly decent reviews. They seem to be doing fairly well with this. And they did make a movie, but it's this is based sort of directly on the novel, not the film. Uh, that's coming to Sky Atlantic on the 6th of June at 9pm. Chicago PD has finally got an air date for its fifth season. That's on the 7th of June at 9pm. Stan versus Evil, which I, I have recorded, and people tell me it's brilliant, and I haven't got around to watching it yet. John C. McGindley from Scrubs, he stars as Stan, who is the uh, small-town disgruntled former chief who finds himself battling demons. That's coming to Fox on the 7th of June at 11.30. And uh, Brookmire, which is the Hank Azaria series, that's about him being a Major League Baseball announcer. That's coming at midnight on the 7th of June. Second season of that. Quantico is back for its third season, uh, third and final season. That was one of the ones that got the axe over the last few weeks. That's uh, 7th of June at 9pm for that. Marvel's Cloak and Dagger coming to Amazon Prime on the 8th of June for the first season of that. This is another comic book adaptation. I don't know this comic book particularly. I don't know whether this is one you've picked up. I know Cloak and Dagger, but I'm not sort of a, a huge, you know, massive fan of it. My worry with this one is the same things I have with stuff like Krypton, which is they're going for the teenagers falling yeah. in love plot line as the primary. And yes, when American TV does that, I just yeah. I quite often just find myself sort of, you know, hitting my head against a desk <laughs> uh, because I just can't quite relate yeah. <laughs> yes but they're saying that i do i'm still watching krypton so <laughs> yeah i'm i'm looking um, forward it, to it can work this one it just entirely depends on what direction they go in it yeah i mean i don't know how much they're gonna fall into that but uh it is a free form show i think and it you know so freeform is very much a tween audience so it goes out on amazon prime over here 8th of june i believe they previewed the first episode of this at mcm i didn't actually manage to get in to see it but uh they... yeah i heard about it too short notice to go and watch it um but there were a lot of people who were interested in it and yeah. it sounds like it's it's one that it's a small enough license it isn't one of the kind of the big i mean most people that read marvel know who cloak and dagger are but it's not one of those huge licenses that has too much weight on it too much expectations yeah. on and I'm hoping they use that to mean that they can make a really good show out of it and not that they just make another teen drama out of it which is what some of the other ones sort of felt a bit like to me with the recent Marvel telly yeah so um, I, I'm interested to see it I will mm, have to it's look. certainly worth giving a go yeah uh, so Amazon Prime 8th of June for that one Sense8 the two hour finale movie special thing that is coming on the 8th of June to Netflix kind of sad to see this show go because it was so interesting and different to anything else that was out there. But I'm very happy that Netflix kind of relented and, and at least gave them the movie to let them round it up in a reasonable way. So I'm happy mm. they gave People them needed closure. It yeah. had a very dedicated fan base. I haven't actually made my way through the whole thing because you have to very much be in the right mood and yeah. pay attention. And it's it's a very kind of atmospheric kind of show. You, you can't have that on in the background. You have to be paying yeah. attention to it. And I just never quite got around to giving it that dedication and then other things would come on like legion that i just literally can't stop watching um <laughs> which grabbed me a bit more but it's one of those ones i'm i'm interested in the wachowskis are, are interesting people they make interesting things and i'm not always particularly enthralled by the products they make but they do have good ideas yeah 8th of june for that that's arriving 
Poldark season four of that coming 10th of June at 9 p.m. on BBC One, starring Aidan Turner, probably with his shirt off, because that seems to be <laughs> how Aidan Turner spends his life. And then we've got uh, Kevin Can Wait season two of that coming to E4 at 7.30 on the 11th of June. And Champions, which is a um, sitcom from Mindy Caitling, who is the uh, lady from the Mindy Project, about an easy living gym owning bachelor who suddenly finds himself with a 15 year old son. I think that may or may not have got a second season. I think it's still very much in the balance. I don't think they've officially cancelled it or renewed it yet. But uh, that's uh, coming to Netflix on the 12th of June. So uh, I believe that's everything we have for this week, unless you've got anything else you want to put in. I I think that's quite enough. We should let people sort of get on and get a cup of tea or something, I think. (laughs) (laughs) You can find Bex on... Trista Bytes. Uh, Bytes is spelt like computer bite because I am doubly geeky and thought a pun would be a good idea to put in a name I was going to say often on podcasts. Um, I'm on YouTube as Trista Bytes. I'm also on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Generally doing geeky stuff and obviously can be found lurking around the Geek Town social media and website as well. Yes. For us, you can find us on geektown.co.uk throughout the week to see the latest air date info uh, and various other stuff. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post find us at geek town on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geek town on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geek town and on instagram particularly if you like your cosplay go to instagram at geek town uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.